0: Hello and welcome. My name is Dr Nadia Imran and I am an ST5 trainee in general adult psychiatry. Today we are going to be discussing physician associates and their roles within psychiatry. So please welcome Paris Tatsmith, Smith who works as a physician associate in Milton Keynes and Nabila Khan who works as a physician associate in Birmingham. Welcome. So, Paris and Nabila, tell me a little bit about yourselves and how you took the decision to
1: train as a physician associate. Hi. So I currently work as a physician associate in the Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Trust. Um, I've been working there for 10 years now. Um, So I initially did a degree in chemistry um, and then wasn't really sure what to do with myself. And I came across the Physician Associate course and it was the very first cohort in this country that I took part in. Yeah. And then um, after graduating, so it's a two year course, I first worked in general practice for about six months to a year, Um, enjoyed it, but felt like I could do more and was interested in psychiatry. And then um, the opportunity came up in a mental health trust. So the trust I worked for were the first trust to actually employ physician associates in psychiatry. And I've been there ever since. Um I work in liaison psychiatry. Um I also work as a lecturer at university. Um I think that's it really. That's what I do. That's about me. I'll hand over to Paris.
2: Thank you. I'm Paris. I work in Milton Keynes. Um, Before that, I was working in community psychiatry in Hertfordshire, um, and I'd be working across two areas in the southwest. Uh, And that basically was pretty much uh, for about 18 months. Um, I then realised there was quite a bit of a gap between secondary care services and primary care in terms of Patients, um, in terms of physical health, communications, and there was just a bit I felt was being lost. Um, so I decided to take the plunge and go into GP land, which is very much primary care. And that's where I've been since April of this year, basically. Um, and it's very interesting in the sense that I'm more challenged because I'm so used to just dealing with mental health. And I'm sure Nabita will completely understand uh, where I'm coming from with that. And, um, mainly what I do there is, um, I specialise in mental health, and I see patients with severe mental illnesses, SMIs, and then I also have general cases, so this could be like coughs and colds, Um and it's something I really pretty much enjoy. Um did an undergrad degree in, like, biosciences, human biology, um, and then I came across the physician associate role. I uh, was trying to convince my friend more of it, cause I wanted to go into the anaesthetic one instead. And the more I was convincing my friend, the more I also convinced myself. And I was like, yeah, okay, I really like this instead of uh, medicine. Um, And it was more of the fact that on top of that, as a physician associate, you get to do a lot more and you don't have to keep retraining when you change specialities. And that was something that really appealed to me.
0: Thank you. Following on from that, Paris, you kind of briefly touched on what is the process to qualify as a physician associate?
2: So, um, majority of courses do expect you to have like a bioscience background. So this could be biomedical sciences, in the case, chemistry. Um, mine was human biology and some universities always also accept, um, psychology. So they, they accept a bioscience, um, undergrad and then you do two years postgrad in physician associate studies, which is usually a master's. Um, and. The the expectations for you are usually at least a 2-1 or a 2-2 with clinical experience in your undergrad Um, and having at least a B in maths or English as well. So the expectations for the course is that you can do it sufficiently because it is quite intense. So you have to think it is a two-year course, what should kind of be spaced out over four years, but it's crammed into two. And there is very little kind of let up to say i'm going to just have a break or do this because the course is just consistent um yeah. so if you think about it roughly you probably get about three maybe a push four holidays in the semesters so yeah
0: it sounds quite challenging but rewarding yeah definitely nabila following this qualification how do you then specialize in mental health
1: so at the moment there isn't a specific route but i know things are changing um with myself um, I found my job in mental health and then what the employers did is sort of a six month to one year sort of training period where they trained you up. Um, The course itself only gives you a three-week placement in mental health which isn't really enough for you to be be able to work sufficiently when you graduate. Um, So most employers are aware of that and most employers do give you At least a six month period where they call it sort of like an internship. Some people call it Um, some places across the country have started an official internship program joint with um, primary care. So there are a few internship programs where you're shared between primary care and a mental health um, trust so that you can train up for a year and then you go into work. Um, So there's different routes into it and things are changing. I think you just have to look out for what's everything's advertised on NHS jobs. So even the internships are advertised on there. So if you just look and then see what the details are for each job.
0: Okay, Paris, tell me about a typical day in your job at the moment.
2: So in my current role, um, I will start about 8 a.m., And this will uh, include doing triaging. So it's basically looking at the cases that have come in um, from 8 a.m. or even overnight and basically assessing which ones are the most urgent that need to be prioritised on the day. So we go through that myself and uh, the duty GP and we check if there's any particular cases that I will take on. Majority of them may be reoccurring mental health patients. Um, that I've built up a good rapport with so I may just see them again Um and then for example throughout the day while I'm seeing my acute cases which may just be like general kids with like a runny nose coughs and colds if there's any emergencies where a patient may be suicidal or they're in a mental health crisis the reception team will make me aware of it and I'll evaluate and assess whether they need to be seen with with ourselves so uh, myself or the duty GP or by the crisis or in this sense, uh, the liaison team at the hospital. And then generally speaking, I do have days where I do mental health cases solely, and that's reviewing our general mental health population in GP. Um, and then other days I just see acute cases, so maybe um, adults that may come in not too well. And then I also just evaluate that, generally speaking, with the pandemic off late, that they're doing OK with their mental health as well.
0: So Paris, who do you work with and who do you discuss your cases
2: with? So I work with um, and alongside a duty GP. And if I have any difficulty with any of my cases or even in terms of medication, because that's a whole new ball game at the moment for me in GP uh, with local prescribing guidelines, I would discuss it with the duty GP on the day. And then if there's any changes that need to be made, I will just send along the electronic prescription to the GP and then they can just sign off. So there's not really any kind of discrepancies in how you manage the patients or prescribing.
0: Can I just confirm, are you prescribing at the moment or did you say that the GP will pres- sign the prescription?
2: GP um, signs the prescriptions because we don't have prescribing rights as yet.
0: Do you know if the if that is going to change at all or if there's any um, discussion about that?
2: There has been discussions and there was a recent um, email from the FPA in regards to this because it was meant to happen this year come in. In the new year that we were uh, getting prescribing rights over it's been delayed again so initially it was to do with brexit and then now it's to do with a lot of other things so it is a bit frustrating but fingers crossed it will be happening soon
0: yeah we'll watch this space. so nabila tell me about a typical day in your job
1: so i work in liaison psychiatry so we're based within a general a very busy general hospital in birmingham um so we tend to have a morning meeting where we discuss anything that's happened in the last twenty four hours that needs discussings, any incidents or anything. Um we look at all the new referrals that we have for that day that have come in so far. So we have response times. Um so if we have a referral from A and E, we have to see it within an hour. Um AMU is four hours and wards are twenty four hours, so it's quite fast paced. Um we share out the referrals, so there's there's nurses in our team quite senior nurses, um, doctors, there's some junior doctors, consultants, and there's me. So we'll share out the referrals and um, discuss what we need to. Anything really gets discussed in the morning meeting. And then we go about our day. So I'll probably take a couple of referrals, go off and see those patients. If I need to, I can discuss it with someone in the team, usually a consultant. If not, um, I'm Um, perfectly, it's perfectly fine for me to see patients and discharge them. Um, and the team are happy for me to do that. Um, I've been doing that for a long time now. So, um, we'll, we'll get a variation of what we see. So I think we get a lot of older adults with dementia, memory impairment, that sort of thing. We get a lot of, um, suicidal patients, um, overdoses, things like that. So there's a big variation in what we see, um, day to day.
0: Thank you. Paris how can the team around you
2: support you? I think it does vary when you're in like secondary care and primary care so I think in a secondary care setting for example when I worked in community you have a consistent support system there and I'm sure Nabida will vouch for that in that sense as well um she is nodding her head by the way guys uh in the sense that it is very much like you have the consultants readily there you have the the nurses there they're very much um there to provide any input as well as like social workers and and general people Um, whereas in GP it's completely different so you're pretty much working by yourself Um, you're in a room you're seeing patients and you're making quick evaluations so it's a bit of like do I kind of need to just see if this is worth the debrief now or a debrief at a later time in the day so it's about kind of evaluating when the debrief slots need to be put in for you depending on your list as well so uh, my team are aware that in terms of GP, because I'm relatively new there, it's been about seven months now. The first six months i required regular supervision in terms of a debrief after the first session and then after the second session for the end of the day. And at that point, it would be just like informing me a bit more about uh, maybe prescribing rights in terms of why we would go against uh, the CKS and more with local prescribing. Um And then I would also help educate the team in terms of, for example, like, ssris and for example amitriptyline and things like that so it's just about like remembering regardless of what we're prescribing, that there are effects for example prolongation of the qtc interval and things like that so it's just about kind of working together similarly to the the role in secondary care um but i think the different thing is is that your workload your workload there's no distribution in this sense in primary care
0: Interestingly, you talked about educating the team. Do you deliver formal teaching sessions to the team?
2: I used to do formal teaching sessions in GP. um, It's not the case anymore, but we do have um, MDT and supervision sessions where we can put forward cases and what we've learnt from them. So it's a bit more like a reflection Um, because the practice I'm at is not a teaching practice. I don't have that opportunity at the moment, but it's something that I normally do kind of like on the side in terms of like teaching about mental health and how PAs can develop their roles and their skills in mental health as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, Same question to you Nabila, how do the team around you support you?
1: Um, I I think I'm quite lucky to work in a really good team. So usually during, um, so between nine and five, we always have a consultant on site. Usually we have two or three. So you have support from them. Um, We also have very, I think in liaison, we tend to have quite experienced nurses, um, not sort of junior nurses. Um, So they're always quite supportive to discuss cases with um, and get support from. Um, And then worst case scenario, you can always call the on-call doctor if you're really stuck.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much for joining us today. That brings us to the end of this podcast. If you would like to gain CPD credits for this, please complete the short module tests associated with this podcast.